Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. If you remember, and you were with us last week, we had a gentleman by the name of John Spider Sillery with us last week, and he has agreed to come back this week and join us again, because we just didn't get done, Spider. We had, we've got so much more to talk about, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Thanks again for having me this week. I, I really appreciate it. Well, we're so glad you're here. Um, several just revelation things that we talked about last week, um, things that I'm beginning to put into practice myself, and things that uh, uh, I didn't know before. And so you and I have been friends for a while, and I didn't know these things. And we've had these discussions before, but not quite this in-depth. Not, so not that in-depth. It has been uh, eye-opening to me, and I know for many of those who are out there and listening and watching this podcast, I know that they're in the same boat that I am and are learning some great new things about how our body works and, and how nutrition plays a big role. And what I'm learning through some of the things that we discuss is it's complicated, isn't it? Uh, I actually think that nutrition is simple but complex and You, yeah. You know, it goes back to, to I, I think it was a quote by, by uh, Steve Jobs from Apple. And the quote was, how hard is it to be simple? Because that's the, that's the premise behind Apple products, right? They're very easy to use, but they do very complicated things. And so with a diet, what you have is diet is pretty straightforward, but there are a lot of nutrients and a lot of different things that your body does. That's all in the background. But if you're on the front side, you're making it simple and you're putting in the things you need, then everything comes out. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, the, the, the simple part is, you know, if you focus your diet around the whole food plant-based things and, and eating enough of those, then, then it's simple. Right. The the complicated part comes for people like me or the nutritionists or you know other other physicians and providers that have to try to figure out all the nuances of how this affects that and that affects that cuz you know we're in this time of covid and and zinc deficiency is one of the problems and and they they honestly they figured it out because of the um uh because of the lack of taste and smell and that's a that's a sign that so, that some doctors know is a zinc deficiency, um, especially those func- those functional medicine doctors, the one that actually do extra training on top of their medical education and their medical residencies or fellowships um, that that learn those extra things with nutrition and how that zinc plays a role in the ability to fight against. A virus to boost our immune system in different ways. Zinc, for example, has about five or six different ways that it prevents viral infections. Wow. Well, one of the things that you just said, kind of in a, in a roundabout way, and, and I think this is interesting for the folks listening, is that doctors aren't taught nutrition, are they? We have uh, typically 10, 20 hours of nutrition. In our medical school training. Among uh, hundreds. Uh, oh, thousands of hours. <laughs> thousands of hours. I mean, basically, when, when I was a first-year med student, it was I'm there at 8, and, and I leave at 5 or 6, and, and I probably have 30 minutes to an hour for lunch. Wow. Um, so it, it's a full-time job. We're taking about 30 semester hours of credit. Wow. In complicated things that we have to do, that we have to learn. So you're barely scratching the surface. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that their their family doctor, not through any fault of his, Definitely and, and not. not even through, I mean, it, it's completely 
innocent in that they just really don't understand because what they're doing, and this is the way I've always put it, is doctors are taught to fix broken people. They're not really taught so much how to prevent people from getting broken. You mentioned function, functional medicine, and, and those folks are that's, – that's where their focus is. Yeah, right? lifestyle medicine um, is big on prevention, uh, and Dr. Greger that we talked about last week um, is a lifestyle medicine provider. There are, there are definitely others. Um, he's definitely one of the, one of the top uh, – ones to get the get the word out and and do the research on what what clinical studies have been done and, and getting that information back to the um, general population as well as to um, providers. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, as always, remember that you can email me at dean at runforgod.com if you've got questions. I'm sure, listen, I, I can I can get a message to Spider. You got one for him, send it to me. I'll get it to him. We'll get a question answered one way or the other. Um, I'll do my best. And if we don't, if you don't know about Run for God, please go check us out and learn more about what Run for God is and about who we are. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, J Radio. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radioactive Station on J-Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. Okay, so we're back, and one of, uh, one of the things I mentioned last week that I think is important for people to understand is I am trying to do a better job with my nutrition. Spider and I are very different in our nutrition um he obviously eats a very clean diet and i i do not um now i don't eat the worst diet either i'm not the guy that that eats um you know fast food three times a day every day um, now i do eat fast food um i'm a chick-fil-a-holic um and i know i don't even want to ask you about chick-fil-a because i don't want you to tell me uh but it is interesting we've got folks from all that that, that run the gamut from and I think it's important for us all to understand that wherever you are on that scale of the the three three times at McDonald's a day to 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 where Spider is, um, wherever you are on that scale, just moving up that scale a little bit is a good thing, right? So if I'm eating three times at McDonald's, hey, if I can cut that down to one time, it's better than. I guess my my thoughts are you mentioned that you had you had made your changes incrementally that you did a little bit at a time. Yeah. As I learned more, I made more changes. Right. And so if you'll take a step today to say, okay, today, here's what I'm going to do. I remember one time I decided that I was going to stop. I drank diet soda like it was it was it was unbelievable how much diet soda I drank. I drank six, it's probably six to ten cans of diet Coke every day wow it was amazing how much i drank and you know what i did what i did i decided that as a new year's resolution i was not going to drink another diet coke for that entire year and i didn't um i started drinking water and you know what i'm still drinking water today because of the change that i made then that was one change that one change i'm sure has made a difference for me health health wise so um so so remember that you can make these little changes having said all of that what I want to talk a little bit about is restaurants, because that's where people are challenged the most, I think, is, is in going into a restaurant. And how do we approach going to a restaurant differently when we're trying to eat a better diet? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. You know, uh, as I said uh, last week, I take my daughter to Whole Foods and we go to the salad bar and we get... Um, nutritional things that way so if you happen to have one of those around it is it will be cheaper than going to a restaurant unless it is a a cheap fast food restaurant that you're going to Um, and and it's high quality Mm -hmm. Um, I do go to uh, restaurants on occasion 
there's a, a restaurant here in town um, that I go to sometimes called Alex Thai. It's Thai food, and and when I get when I go there, I order um, ginger broccoli. You know, and fortunately, they do have white rice where I really would prefer it to be brown rice, red rice, green rice, black rice, something something other than white rice. Um, but. But it's okay on occasion. It's, it's okay on occasion to, to go a little bit outside. But as you like you would say, eating that white rice is better than eating the French fries. Yes. So, um, And here's an interesting thing. I'm just going to kind of throw you for a loop here. We're going to go back to beans. Okay. Beans have something called the second meal effect. So not only do they affect you in your current meal. For example, if I had beans with that rice... The white rice is going to increase your insulin, increase that blood sugar fairly quickly. Um, That's not the case with like red rice, for example. But if I have beans with it, that insulin spike doesn't occur as high. And the more beans than rice you have, the less insulin spike you get. Um, And the thing I was getting to was this second meal effect. So not only if, if I eat beans tonight for dinner, tomorrow morning, whatever I eat, I won't have the same blood, blood sugar spike that I would have had if I hadn't eaten beans the night before. The second meal effect. The second meal effect. So it could be, you know, you eat beans for lunch, or for lunch and then your, your second meal is dinner, or you could be um, eating... Uh, dinner and the next morning and and one of the reasons is this this the, the fiber content and the the fact that you're breaking down this bean um, it produces something called propionate these uh, uh these um, bacteria in your intestines which are extremely important for our health we are actually we have more cells of bacteria in our body than we have cells of our own body wow. it's it's amazing yes. uh, but anyway these bacteria produce this propionate which kind of slows down um, the flow of what we eat. So the slower something flows, the more time it takes to break down. The less time, or, uh, the less effect it's going to have on increasing blood sugar or something hmm. like that, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. So we, we talked about restaurants. We've talked about a lot of other things. But one thing we haven't talked about is we've talked about how you get some of those vitamins and minerals through your food. But what about supplementation through, you know, through taking um, some type of a multivitamin? Or I think that you mentioned that you take uh, vitamin B12 because that's a that's a deficiency in, in the particular diet that you follow. Um, so tell us, what how are we to look at vitamins and supplements? Well, like you said, I, I, I do take vitamins. Um, I take B12. Uh, I've got a fracture now. The doctor prescribed me uh, vitamin D, which which I actually was already taking, so I didn't fill the prescription. Um, uh, and, and, and my vitamin D level was within the normal range, but it was not optimal. Normal for vitamin D is 30 to 100, um, and my vitamin D was 42. My doctor said that was the highest vitamin D level that she had seen without someone supplementing. And that was me running outside with without my shirt on in the in the spring. Um, so even I'm on the low end of normal, despite the fact that I'm outside and, and running um, in the sun. So um, I'm trying to optimize. So I do think there's a need for supplements. Um, I also uh, take chlorella tablets, which is a, is an algae. Um, Sometimes I'll take an algae-based uh, omega-3. Um, right now I'm taking it. It, it reduces inflammation uh, in our body. And then, you know, sometimes there may be certain nutrients that somebody is genetically has a problem with. Some people have uh, problems with, with B vitamins, uh, folate, um, different things that their genetics just happens to play a role in. So if you have a problem... If you're feeling healthy and everything's good and you're eating healthy, you might not need anything else except for that B12 if you're eating a whole food plant-based diet. 
Um, unless you have duckweed. <laughs> um, but uh, but you can uh, you can have uh, a need for supplements despite that. So if you're having a problem of some sort, I would consider seeing a, a functional medicine doctor, a lifestyle medicine doctor, some um, some doctor that understands nutrition and understands things beyond. Oh, you have high blood pressure. Here's your blood pressure medicine. That's a great treatment, but here's better. How about uh, actually changing your lifestyle and behaviors? And then on top of that, you can add something like amla. Amla is a powder from uh, a golden berry, also called gooseberry, also called inca berry. I don't know why they have four different names, (laughs) but... uh, I have amla powder, but I also have the golden berries. Um, and I put the amla powder in my smoothie um, or in, in some tea that I may drink. And then um, and, and I eat golden berries. I put them in my cereal, and I just eat them as snacks. Um, one tablespoon of golden berries or golden berry powder, amla, is shown to decrease blood pressure, decrease um, cholesterol as well. Um, and flax seeds do the same thing. Now, flax seeds are on Dr. Greger's Daily Dozen. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically. specifically. That's the only thing that's on there, specifically. Specifically. Yeah. They are extremely high in anti-cancer lignans, and um, they provide a high amount of omega-3 fatty acids in the form of uh, ALA. Um, but they are all. it is also shown to decrease blood pressure and decrease cholesterol. So there you have two nutritional things that you're really not getting any side effects other than good nutrition from. Whereas these medicines, lisinopril, for example, is one common one. Your, your lips can start to swell, and it's called angioedema. You take a, 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 a beta blocker like metoprolol, you may start feeling more tired. Your heart rate is going to get slower. I'm not saying you don't need those medicines. Maybe you need those medicines, and maybe you start taking AMLA and changing your lifestyles and taking um, flax seeds. But maybe after a while, you'll decrease your dose of that blood pressure medicine. You'll not need that statin drug. A statin drug side effects, I I think it's about 60% of people, uh, or 60% um, you're at increased risk of developing diabetes. Wow. Just due to the drug. Yeah. So let's see, changing our lifestyle and eating things that are healthy for us or taking this drug that can potentially lead to another disease. Again, I'm not saying you don't need these drugs. You may very well need these drugs, and they are very important. And physicians do a good job providing those. But take some onus on yourself. Do You can do some research. Listen to some... Uh, podcast from Dr. Greger. Um, uh, you can do a variety of things to help change and affect your own life. We can we can do a lot through our diet. Uh, is what you're is, is is kind of the bottom line. And, and absolutely, what, the things that we look to for uh, uh, you mentioned you mentioned inflammation and anti-inflammatories. And um, I don't know how many ibuprofen I've taken in my life. But it's a lot. Ibuprofen is so bad. It's uh, well it increases your risk for heart disease. It it it, dis- it destroys kind of the one layer gut lining. It makes it weaker, so that uh, uh, more the the tight junctions are looser and more invasion can occur into that. More bad nutri- nutrients can get slipped through those tight junctions that wouldn't normally happen. It also has an effect on those intestinal bacteria we talked about, that there's more of those than us cells. Um, uh, natural anti-inflammatories, you know, and, and do I prescribe some medicine like uh, ibuprofen? Do I give it to some people in the emergency room? Something called Toradol, which is similar to ibuprofen, only a shot or through the IV? Yes, I do, um, because they may need it. But I also recommend things to people as they leave the ER, and they may think I'm crazy, and that's okay. 
but I recommend things that are anti-inflammatory like ginger root. So ginger root we talked about may help decrease uh, uh, weight, but it also is an anti-inflammatory. Turmeric. Turmeric has a bunch of different things it's useful for, and one of them is anti-inflammatory. And these things, you can buy a big bag on Amazon of yeah. ginger root. You can buy a big bag of turmeric. And mm-hmm. you can actually make something called golden milk. Now, I, I, I drink hemp milk um, that I make myself because it's cheaper. Um, and so sometimes I'll throw some turmeric and some ginger root and a little pepper. The pepper helps the turmeric absorb uh, more quickly. And then I have some fat from the, uh, from the hemp seeds that also help the turmeric absorb. And I've got myself an anti-inflammatory drink. Wow. That's interesting. I, I, maybe I need, to, I need to make that a daily, a daily habit. Uh, although I tried turmeric at one time, and the stuff was awful. Yeah, sometimes some people need to get pills. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go with the supplements again. There right? you go. There you go. So what about uh, one of the things that I put in, in my smoothies is, uh, is protein powder. So how do you feel about protein powder? Uh, I don't typically put any protein powder in there. Because you get enough protein from other sources. Yeah. Um, so there are several. A lot of people that, 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 eat, that don't eat this way, they think, where do you get your protein? Yeah. How do you get your protein? Well, um, there is other ways other than meat to get protein. Well, and we, we mentioned that last week. And, and I guess, you know, one of the things about an, an athlete is, especially an endurance athlete, is that once we do a hard workout, you know, we're told that, that putting in protein into your body within 30 minutes of that workout is important to recovery. And so a protein powdered based um, smoothie seems to me a, a decent way to get that extra protein in you. So w- what about you? What, do you, what, would you? what do you think is better? I think the I, mo- I assume it's not chocolate milk like some people. No, but, but actually <laughs> cacao nibs are, are uh, a good source of... What's that? Cacao nibs, which are uh, kind of like the natural chocolate. Okay. Um, they're, really, they're really actually kind of healthy for you. Um, have a lot of phytonutrients. Do they have those in Snickers? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, ask the question again. I, you got me off track. <laughs> uh, well, I just said that, you know, protein powder is something that, that I use after a workout, post-workout, because after a workout, you want to get protein into your body within 30 minutes of the workout to help you speed your recovery. Certainly, the sooner you eat... I have a master's in exercise physiology. The sooner that you eat after a workout, the more nutrients you are going to be able to absorb. I don't do protein powder. I think the most important thing to have after a workout is a high antioxidant food. Whether it's a a marathon, a hard workout, something else you eat a high antioxidant food and that gold and those golden berries that i love and that that i buy that snack they are one of the highest antioxidant foods um that exist on the planet yeah um you know a lot of people think that blueberries are very high antioxidant i think there's a there's a list uh it's 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 in a journal article you could type out pubmed and do 3100 Antioxidants, and it'll come up with a journal article if you do that on on PubMed, um, and it'll list processed foods, natural foods. It'll list many different things that you could look at. And my numbers are probably off a little bit, but blueberries. A lot of people think blueberries, yeah, those are high in antioxidants, and they are fairly fairly high in antioxidants. Blueberries. Uh, I believe it's somewhere around four is the number, uh, maybe nine, somewhere around that, you know, less than 10. Right. Um, which is a good number. Mm-hmm. Golden berries, 260. Holy smokes. And that's per 100 grams. And 100 grams of golden berries, I believe, is about a quarter cup. Wow. Which wow. is one serving. So. Wow. Go out there and get some of those. Man, Get oh, man. antioxidants in right after workout. your workout. Your body will recover so much faster. Hey, listen, it's uh, it's that 
it's that time of year when we start looking for people to share their stories, and we want you to share your story with us through the Devotions tab on in Run for God. But there's another place to share your story, and that's with the Big Share app. It goes straight to Come On, Let's Go, which are some nice videos. And boy, if you want to hear some inspirational stories, go to Come On, Let's Go, based right here um, at a Partners from, for Christian Media, and you'll find some stories that are absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, one of the amazing stories you'll find is you'll find Mitchell's story about Run for God. So go on out there, check out the Big Share app, and come on, let's go. There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It, it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. Okay, so we're back. One of the things that you said a little while ago, you talked about uh, your tea, that you, you drink tea. I love tea. However, um, I don't like it unless it's sweetened. <laughs> I could tell that. <laughs> so uh, so tell me about how, how do you – I mean, a tea that's not sweetened is really not – just doesn't have a good taste to it. So depends on what kind of tea you have. There's a lot of different kinds of tea. Yeah, well, I haven't found the one yet that I like without sugar in it. And once you decrease the sugar also, your uh, your, your taste buds will change. Yeah. And, and you will more like different things. Yeah. Sugar um, is actually more addicting than cocaine and heroin. Isn't that crazy? It's been shown in medical literature for that to be the case. It, that is crazy. What about other sweeteners? What about things like uh, sweet and low and, uh, you know, uh, what? Uh, avoid. Avoid. <laughs> um, I think that uh, if you need a sweetener, um, I think true stevia leaf extract, not robotiacide A, which is either a, either a Pepsi or Coke product. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, stevia leaf extract is probably okay. Okay. Uh, well, I, I use it, so okay. I would think it's okay. If it, if I knew different, I wouldn't be using it. Right. Um, and what about honey? Well, honey is definitely not vegan. I'm not saying I'm vegan, right? I'm whole food, plant based, and uh, occasionally, occasionally I'll do honey. But uh, blackstrap molasses has actually, I believe, a lot of iron in it. Huh. Um, so you get some nutrients from that. Um, so uh, I use that in a in a recipe. Uh, recently never thought about that um, interesting. but uh, you know those aspartame and uh, sucralose and those sort of things they disrupt the gut the intestinal bacteria that we that we talked about and uh, and those intestinal bacteria are very important yeah for yeah. our immune system wow. uh, and for our, uh, just health in general well, and talk about the immune system. You, I, there was not too long ago. Well, it's probably been a few months ago now, but I remember you sharing a post about the immune system, and that yeah, I think you listed the top ten things I would do to boost my immune system, and you listed out several things there. Some of which, are, and I think you did that in a, in a in an effort to help people through the whole COVID thing because the absolutely the, the COVID thing we know that. Uh, a decreased immune system is not good for us and opens us up to the people that are dying. A lot of them have compromised immune systems for one reason or another. Now, some of those are, are just medical. They've got medical issues that, that maybe it's something they can't do through their diet. But the truth is, is there are things we can do through our diet to boost our immune system, right? Yeah. yeah. No, nothing uh, that I know of at this point has been shown to be effective uh, against COVID-19 because the studies just haven't been done. Now, there are several logical things that we say, well, this can boost our immune system, help our immune system, so maybe it's going to help. But the randomized placebo-controlled trials haven't been done. So I can't say, yes, this is going to help. But 
with my medical knowledge, I would think. Right. Educated, you know. I would well, hypothesize, right? The <laughs> correct term. I would hypothesize that these things would improve outcome. If you have it, it's going to potentially decrease your risk of, uh, of having a severe disease or uh, improve outcomes if you do get it and it's bad. And zinc was one of those. Right, right. right. And uh, the hospital here in town, Erlanger, um, they started giving patients zinc, which many other things, many other um, uh, institutions, you know, uh, hospitals have began doing for patients. Um, and that was on the this top 10 list. That was uh, uh, certainly one of them. Vitamin D levels. You know, many people, and uh, the darker skinned you are, the more likely you are to have vitamin D deficiency. Oh, wow. But again, we looked at those NHANES data that we talked about, and it was, I believe it was 94% yeah. of people, just to reach 50%, again, you know, um, are deficient. So uh, vitamin D is extremely important in our overall health, decreasing cancer risk, improve, improving immunity, um, bone health. Chlorella, I think, was another thing that was on that list. Chlorella, yep, I put that on the list. That 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 helps to increase what's called secretory IgA, um, which is basically our immune system working, releasing this stuff into our intestines um, to help kind of protect our intestines. You know, which are, which is uh, the big Im- part of the big immune system. Those bacteria in our intestines are huge for our immune system, so it's it's trying to help protect that. So not only is chlorella uh, a complete protein. Um, not only does it have some omega threes in it. Um, not only does it uh, improve recovery. Uh, it does boost our immune system. And uh, and speaking of teas, I had green tea on that list too, right? Yeah. So something called EGCG uh, is a compound uh, in the uh, that's found in the green tea. Green tea is very high antioxidant, um, and it, and it has these EGCGs, um, which which help to fight viral infections. Hmm. Now, there's some data on improving viral infections with the green tea, um, just not on COVID nineteen. Right, but is that because we haven't gotten to that point yet, where there's enough data out there to to have that test, or is that? Just doesn't work with it. Uh, we well, know. it depends if somebody wants to design a study to right. to look at that. You know, right. they looked at uh, one of them on my list is licorice root. So, so I believe it's probably someone in China would be my guess. Um, when SARS, the original SARS, which is a coronavirus, came mm-hmm. out, um, they did a study on uh, the effects of licorice root on the SARS coronavirus huh. and it improved outcomes in the patients yeah. that had. Uh, licorice root. Now, it's not something you want to necessarily have have every day, but you can have yourself a licorice root tea, and that's going to be enough licorice root um, to wow. uh, to potentially help. Yeah, gosh, that's interesting. Well, um, t- there's there's a lot of things that if you had to look at what are the things that people are doing that are that are the worst things. If we had to cut out, in other words. The unhealthy things that we do in our diet, not not necessarily eating that plant-based diet and doing all these things just right, but if you had to say, okay, for example, you know, is it it soft drinks are a no-brainer, right? If you're drinking soft drinks have sugar in it, that's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Uh, what are what are some of those things that that you know you see that people eat or drink on a regular basis and we we consume in enormous proportions in the United States? that are just great things to stay away from? I, I guess I would have to go back to processed foods. Anything processed. Yeah. yeah. The more processed, uh, the more of a problem it is. You know, they're, they're adding increased salt, increased sugar, increased fat. Again, go back to the nutritional labels mm-hmm. that we talked about. Um, go back to those and, and look at it. So, so specifically, anything that we find in a package... <laughs> it is is worse for us than stuff we find not packaged right yeah um but again uh if you got the choice between um 
Well, I guess, to tell me this, is it better if I go to the deli and I get ham sliced off, you know, I get sliced ham that way than it is for me to buy it on the Oscar Mayer section of the store? Does that make a difference? Uh, I don't know. I okay. wouldn't think so. Okay. I wouldn't think that it would make a difference. Yeah, okay. Well, that's just a... You know, one may may have more um, salt in it or something like that. And, yeah. And salt is the only nutrient, the only micronutrient that we are in excess in the United <laughs> States. The rest of them we are all deficient in. That's so surprising. That's so surprising. <laughs> uh, some, some other um, um, micronutrients that you, you, you mentioned, um, well... Let me let me go back back up to something else that we haven't really talked about yet. You mentioned uh, at one point between the two of us phytonutrients. What are phytonutrients, and and what does that have to do with our diet? I, I I'll kind of go about that around about way. So when I talk about macronutrients, macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Okay. And then when I talk about micronutrients, um, that is vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients. So phytonutrients are just they're just they weren't discovered until fairly recently, and, and they're not out in medical literature very much or in the general population very much. Uh, for example, resveratrol. Some people may know what resveratrol is. That's a phytonutrient um, found in um, wine, red wine or grape juice or grapes, uh, these sorts of things. And that, that also helps fight disease. Uh, quercetin. Quercetin is found in onions, capers, uh, and the peel uh, of a of a um, apple, hmm. so that's another phytonutrient um, that is a, that is an antioxidant. Um, so, so with all that we know, with everything that you know and everything that you've studied, now all these people in the world have studied about nutrition. There's still a lot more out there, isn't there? Oh yeah, there's more than two, th- two or three thousand different phytonutrients, um, and so I definitely don't have enough brain space right now. Uh, or time to to look into all those different phytonutrients, um, but they are definitely uh, very important, and uh, the best way to get them is to do something called uh, eat the rainbow. That's so so so. Explain that. Eat the rainbow. What does that it, mean? It's not getting a pack of Skittles. Oh, and eating all the different colors. I thought colors. we were finally getting into a territory that <laughs> I can is, jump on board. This is, this is something you're going to have to change. <laughs> um, so eating the rainbow is you look at each color, red, orange, yellow, green, uh, blue, purple, black, and then white. Uh, white, tan, brown is what we say. White, tan, brown. So while it's not your traditional just Roy G. Biv, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, so each of those colors in the foods have different phytonutrients in them. So when we, on a daily basis, try to eat the colors of the rainbow, so again, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, black, and uh, white, tan, brown, that's six. So when we're eating our, our daily thing, let's try to get six different colors of whole food plant-based things. That's kind of a, a, a step up from, you know, yeah. so what's something red? Something red that you've eaten? Apple. An apple. Okay. A beet, right? Some beet. people don't like beets. and I used to think they tasted like dirt. They but do. now I kind of cut them up and put them in a salad and throw the, throw the balsamic vinegar on it, and, and I don't notice it. Yeah, they um, don't have a lot of taste. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the balsamic covering it up. <laughs> but beets are very nutritious. So yeah. those are a couple things that are red. What about uh, orange? Or, an orange. Orange. Pretty obvious. Pretty yeah. easy, right? <laughs> uh, yellow. A banana. A banana. Another easy thing. Um, green. There's plenty of greens. Lots and greens. Of green are so very important. That's, again, going back to Dr. Greger's Daily Dozen, he's got a cruciferous vegetable, which almost are all green, and then he's got um, and then he's got two additional greens. So you're supposed to eat kind of three greens a day, pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, what did I have this? I had, 
I made myself a dillweed rice that I that I ate um, for kind of a snack before I came in. Yeah, um, which had um, it had lima beans, uh, it had mint leaves, it had dillweed, obviously, and then it, it had rice um, and uh, garlic, I think. Wow. Um, and so I blended all that up. So I got some greens that way. Um, again, I, I eat kale. I eat mixed greens. Um, so the, the greens should be uh, easy to get, despite the fact that we don't traditionally get them in our standard American diet. Yeah. Um, blue, purple, black. Boy, that can be the hardest one. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, blue, I can think of blueberries. Yeah, blueberries, blackberries, black raspberries. Uh, how about purple cabbage? Purple cabbage. Purple onion. Well, re- they're technically, I think we call them red onions, right? But I think that falls in the uh, in the purple category. Okay. Um, so there are some things that that we can do, and then uh, and then white tan brown, um, you know, a daikon radish. Uh, radishes. That's another thing. Yeah. Another thing. You know, oh my goodness. They, radishes are cruciferous too, um, so that's good. Yeah. But um, why? And and beans are actually included in this, so. Okay. You got several, but you can eat, uh, you know, for, for uh, blue, purple, black, black beans, white, tan, brown, pinto beans, yeah. you know? So we can find, we can find these things Yeah. out in the, all these are Walmart or, you know, some other place that we can get them cheaply. Um, or if we have the uh, budget and availability, we can go to, to Whole Foods or somewhere else that we can, we can get them organically. Yeah. One other thing I want to talk about before we go to a break is um, I've, I've seen I've had a lot of overweight people come to me and and for some reason people like to ask me questions about nutrition of which, you know, and I tell them I'm very upfront with them. I'm probably the wrong person you need to ask. But a question that a lot of people have is I'm overweight and I don't eat much as it is. And so. Uh, how how am I going to lose weight if I'm already eating just n- not barely enough to survive? How do I lose weight? So can you speak to that person who's out there going, you know, I feel like I'm starving myself now and I'm still not losing weight. What do yeah. I need to change? Uh, unfortunately, the starvation method of weight loss doesn't work. Never uh, has. Nope. It, it, what it does is it uh, decreases your metabolism and actually starts eating your muscle. Your muscle is is the one of the most medically uh, uh, metabolically active parts of your body. So you start decreasing muscle mass and increasing fat mass. Your percent body your your weight may or may not go down or may or may or may not go up. But your percent body fat is probably going to go up if you're doing the starvation diet, um, which is unhealthy. Which is unhealthy, certainly. So you're, you're definitely not getting those essential nutrients that way, right? So um, eat nutrient dense, low calorie foods. So, again, it's those those vegetables, those beans, those whole grains. Yeah. Those things are going to help to to fill you up, feed your good, uh, feed those um, intestinal bacteria good things that they like to feed on, and help your body um, staying away from those uh, artificial sweeteners like sucralose and aspartame those things actually harm those intestinal bacteria um, and people are at increased risk of obesity due to um, diet and every so, diet food in the world has one of those sweeteners in it yeah. right or they'll have yeah or it'll say something like um, fat free well, yeah. well number one we do need fat right but number two what they do in fat free foods typically or traditionally, or most of the time, is they just increase sugar. Yeah. Which, again, is a problem. And eventually turns to fat, correct? Yeah, if we don't, if we don't use it, yep, right. Right. our body starts storing it. And, and that's what it does when we do the starvation diet. Our body starts storing, um, storing that fat. As I understand it, our body goes into something that's really called starvation mode. Yeah. Because our body starts saying, okay, I can't expect food in the next few hours, so I'm going to have to slow down so I can conserve energy because it's going to be a while before I see any more food. It was a mechanism back hundreds and hundreds of years ago when we didn't have 
when we didn't have the access to food that we have now, uh, you know, we'd have to go out and forage or hunt or whatever um, to get to get food. And so at times we would not have food. So it would start storing up uh, so that we had energy. So our bodies have learned that. Yeah. Over time. Yeah. 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 Well, we are going to come back in a, in a few minutes um, and, and talk about some other things. But if you're out there and you're a runner and you love to run and you love to inspire other people, why don't you become a Run for God coach? A Run for God coach. You, you let, Listen, you don't need to have in-depth Bible knowledge. When you get a an instructor kit, a, a kit that will help you teach that class, you've got all the material you need. It walk it walks you through from A to Z everything you need to know, and so you don't need to be incredibly knowledgeable knowledgeable about running or about um, uh, about the Bible if you want to become an instructor. So we give you everything you need if you're just willing to help people. That's all we need is a willing heart. So. Go out there and and look at becoming a Run for God coach today. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, and so we're back, and, and, and listen, if you didn't know this, our 5K Challenge material is on sale right now, so go out there and check it out, because uh, you can get it at half off right now, so um, make sure that you're checking that out. Uh, it is, we're going to continue with Spider and ask a few more questions, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap things up, but uh, let me ask you this, if if you had to have just five-ish foods for the rest of your life what would those what would those be i put you on the spot uh, yeah i think i would uh well first of all i i think that would be unhealthy to, <laughs> okay. to, to do that despite the fact that each food that i would choose is healthy um i, I think it's just gonna it'll lead to at, at some point some nutritional deficiencies and things so let's see um well, I I eat oatmeal almost every day. Okay. Uh, in the morning for breakfast, uh, and you know, typically I would add in maybe some raisins, dried apricots, uh, golden berries, um, some hazelnuts or some almonds or walnuts or something like that, and then a bunch of spices. Uh, so obviously, I wouldn't be able to do that because I just have one food. Uh, <laughs> but I would stick to um, to uh, oatmeal because it's a it's a whole grain. Right. Um, then I would say, uh, I, I, I would probably say kale. I, yeah. I, I eat kale mm, four or five times a week. You know, I eat other greens too um, in, in, in its place. But, uh, you know, it's just so packed full of nutrition yeah. um, that I would choose that. Uh, I would also choose golden berries. Um, okay. It, golden berries taste like... Uh, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, really? I've never had it. To, to, to me, you know, yeah. I, I remember having that, you know, junk as a kid. <laughs> as a kid. And um, to me, they kind of taste like that. They're a little, a little sweet, a little sour. Um, I think they taste good, um, but they are they're they're a berry, which is you know one of the most nutritional um, fruits, and they have such a high antioxidant capacity to help the antioxidants are used to uh, fight what's called free radicals. And that's one of the things that COVID uh, is producing. It's producing free radicals, 
which are producing damage to our body. Wow. Um, and so um, the more antioxidant we have, the, uh, the better. Um, so that's, that's probably why I choose that. I'd probably choose uh, one of my other snacks is called Sacha Inchi, mm-hmm. um, which is a seed, I want to say South American. Okay. Um, and, uh, and the reason why I would choose that is, is that seed is a complete protein. Okay. That seed has omega-3 fatty acids. Um, is that a small seed, a big seed? How, how, do, how do you uh, consume it? It is probably, I'd say it's, it, it looks kind of like a disc. Yeah. Um, smaller than a penny as far as circumference wise, um, but so a little, you, a little thicker. So do you eat it plain like nuts or? Yeah, I eat it like nuts. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But, but you know, I'll, I'll, I can put it on my salad or, or whatever. I'll put it on my kale since I only get five, <laughs> five or six things. Um, uh. All right. I uh, let's see. I probably let's see. How many do I have now? Kale, yeah, oat, oatmeal, oatmeal, golden berries, sacha inchi. Um, I, I would probably pick black lentils. Black lentils. Yeah. So beans are uh, well, technically. Uh, a bean is a legume. A lentil is a legume. Uh, peanuts are legumes. Cashews are legumes. Um, other those so those are not nuts. Well, uh, peanuts, despite the fact that that's their name, they're not actually nuts. They're legumes. Cashews are not nuts. They're they're legumes. Um, but I would I would probably go with that. Okay. Um, All right. That's. Well, that's five. Yeah. Black lentils are the most nutritious lentil, and lentils are the most nutritious bean. Okay. Lentils are quicker to cook than, than other beans, huh. but uh, I, I'd have to have a bean in. Yeah. And I <laughs> might slip in chlorella if you give me six. All right. All right. All right. Just under the wire there. Uh, all right. I cheated once. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. It's <laughs> uh, well, so so we talked we talked about fat so we need fat right absolutely you get your fat, fat from nuts and things like that is that where you get your fat from for the most nuts, part nuts seeds avocados uh edamame which is soybeans a good source of of fat uh olives are a, a good source of fat but the problem is is they're soaked in brine which is basically salt water yeah so we all we already have this nutrient excess of sodium um so yeah i i and i don't really like the taste of olives yeah um, but uh yeah avocado is great um nuts and seeds great and and there there is fat and not much in other fruits and vegetables but yeah. uh yeah yeah um well what about uh, online are there some good sources online that we can go to uh, to find some of this the information that you're talking about, we'll send out some information. But yeah. also, are there other, some other websites and things that you trust that you think are good places for people to go to to get their information about food? You mentioned Dr. Greger, obviously yeah. that's and, an obvious source. But and that's nutritionfacts.org, which which I think is uh, is a great place. You can do a search on nutritionfacts.org, and you can uh, and you can search. Um, you could search uh, diabetes, and it'll come up with articles. You can even search chlorella, and it'll come up with articles. You know, different things. You can search just about high blood pressure. You can type out, um, or, or or type out hypertension. I'm not sure. It may it may do it with both, but that's definitely one, and that's definitely a good place to start. And he has two books um, uh, that I would recommend. One's called How Not to Die. That's that's pretty key. And the other is called How Not to Diet. And the diet one uh, is, a, is just a way to look at some, some form of a diet, whether it's the um, paleo diet or the um, keto, diet. keto diet or you know the Atkins diet or whatever fad diet's out there, and how to stack up that diet and look at it to see if it's, it's, it's good. And 
only whole food plant-based diets really kind of meet all of these criteria that he has listed um, as far as the most optimal diet. Um, so that's definitely one place. Um, uh, I would also look at EWG.org, which is the Environmental Working Group. Um, so not only does food matter, sleep matters, um, stress levels matter, um, the, the products that we put in our hair, put it on our face, you know, uses soap, those sorts of things actually also can do things like disrupt our endocrine system. Um, plastic bottles have BPA in it. BPA is linked to increased risk of cancer, increased risk of obesity. Um, and who knows what else is in some of these other compounds that we just haven't found yet. Um, See, uh, uh, well, those are some good some good resources. We've got uh, we just got a little bit of time left, and I wanted to talk about one last thing that I think is important. To everybody, it's especially important this time of year, and that's hydration. Um, you know, that's that's a key word for any endurance athlete these days. And and I, to be honest with you, I've read a book. It's called Waterlogged. I don't know if you ever read it. No, um, haven't read that one. But you know, it's by Dr. Tim Noakes from South Africa, who's written a lot of running-related things. He wrote maybe one of the best medical running books ever, um, "The Lore of Running." Um, but he 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 talks about how yes, hydration's important. He explains why it's important. It's a I mean, it's a big, thick book, and that's all it's about. It's crazy how much information that guy can pack into a book. Um, but uh, he 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 contends that. A bigger problem in endurance sports is hyponatremia and people dying from too much hydration. Yeah, absolutely. People can die from from hyponatremia, which is low sodium is right. what that is. Right, So I know we talked about most of the people have an excess of sodium, which is very true. Um, but when you're, when you're exercising and you're sweating, you know— I know that personally, I don't, I don't personally sweat much. So, uh, you know, but when you start out the summer and it gets hot, you sweat more and then you start becoming adapted to it. But some people sweat more than others. It's just a genetic thing. Um, so e- even I, a person that doesn't sweat very much, I will have a white gritty material on me sometimes when, when, when I dry off after, after a run. And that is electrolytes. Mm-hmm sodium potassium magnesium all sorts of other electrolytes and so not only are we losing water to help cool our body by sweating we're also losing those electrolytes so hydration isn't just about water it's about electrolytes as well mm-hmm. um so uh, i'm going to be biased for a second because i uh, uh i'm i'm part owner of a of a company that uh sells an electrolyte drink called Superior Electrolytes. Um, we use um, pink Himalayan sea salt and trace ionic minerals from, from the Salt Lake. And, uh, and we use uh, acerillo berry as, our vi- as a vitamin C source. We use stevia leaf extract as, as the sweetener. And then we use natural flavors. For example, watermelon actually tastes like watermelon and it's actually watermelon that's making it taste like watermelon <laughs> uh not some other other chemical and so um i was fortunate enough to uh, uh meet a man named seth bovio um, who is the main owner of this company back in the late 90s and uh and I, I was a sponsored athlete by a company that he was running then and uh he knows how passionate i am about nutrition and uh he wanted me to be involved with the product so he approached me and, and then I was so excited about it, and I believe in it so much that I bought into the company more. Wow. Um, so superior electrolytes. Superior you, electrolytes. I'm assuming you can find that Google in it. You can. Um, okay. We spell it a little bit different. Uh, the superior is uh, uh, S-U-P-I-E-U-R, okay. and then electrolytes.com. I think, if you, I think we might have bought the, if you spell superior the other way, we might have bought the webpage, and it directs you. Um, but it's an excellent source of, of minerals to help hydrate you. Um, also, and so that's one of the things I drink for, for hydration, obviously. Other things that I drink are, obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink some smoothie, which is obviously going to have electrolytes in it, right? It's going to have uh, protein and carbs and you know, other things in it, um, those phyto, phytonutrients and fiber and all these good things. Um, so 
I drink smoothies. I drink I drink hemp milk. I don't drink dairy milk. Again, I make my own hemp milk. Very easy. I'm going to say it real quick. I use about four dates, so whole food, not just straight sugar, whole food. Four dates is the sweetener. I use a, a teaspoon of vanilla. I use a quarter cup of hemp seeds, uh, and then I use four cups of water. And then uh, and then it's, it lasts uh, about three days, but, you know, I mean, that's only four cups, really, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I usually need to make it more than every three days, and uh, I put that on my oatmeal, and uh, and I drink that, and I, and then I drink different teas. The green tea, the um, hibiscus tea, is extremely high in antioxidants. Um, and a uh, little side note: other ways to get high antioxidants is to use spices. So your food, not only will it make your food taste better, it'll use spices. But kind of back to hydration. So those are the main things that I drink. Okay. Um, the superior electrolytes, the water, um, the uh, teas, and uh, and then the, the smoothies. So that's how I like to stay hydrated. But if you're out there and you're racing, take some sort of electrolyte drink every opportunity. When I, when I raced marathons, I haven't done one in a while, um, I would take it mile one or two or whenever the first run station is. Now, I'm not going to guzzle. I'm going to take sips, and then I'm going to you know, toss my cup or yeah. you know, try to make it into the garbage can and try to do that in, in all the races. Um, yeah, because that, that guzzling idea and, and where people get two or three cups of, of a drink at every aid station, that's where you get into hyponatremia. Yeah, and that's just going to slosh around in your belly, too, and yeah. create, create problems there. You can get cramps from having too much fluid. And so if you just continue to take small amounts at every different aid station they have, yeah. uh, because it's going to take time for the, for the stomach to uh, absorb and empty. Yeah, that's interesting. So be, staying hydrated is not a during-the-run thing. It's a 24-hour-a-day thing, correct? Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, you need to you be hydrated before you start, not not waterlogged right right, right. <laughs> because that's going to make you uh, probably perform uh, better, uh, worse if you're waterlogged before you even start um but stay hydrated you know make sure you're uh typically we would say your urine's clear yeah. before you start but obviously if you're taking uh, you know any sort of supplement or something that may make your urine yellow yeah um and then uh during during the race you know even if it's a even if it's a 5k you know doesn't hurt give yourself a sip of something at the aid station because it gets hot yeah and then when you're done get those antioxidants and that hydration in you yeah that's great hey again thanks we're going to share a couple of things here why why running is so awesome we share one of these in, in every every podcast and this week the what what i'm going to talk about is here's why running is so awesome dirt and mud puddles think about this okay when we were kids we loved dirt and mud puddles right we absolutely loved it and as we become adults we try to avoid those things but as a runner I love rainy days because I love rainy days because I can stomp through mud puddles just like I did when I was a kid, and I don't have to feel guilty about it. Running in the rain is my favorite time to run. <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm with you. Our motivational thought from the week is is a good one, and uh, it says, and, and boy, oh boy, this one this one can hit home to to a lot of folks. I'm sure listening. Someone who is busier than you is running right now. Uh, think about that um, because a lot of times our excuse is I'm too busy or I'm too tired. But that person who, I mean, the president of the, not this president, former presidents have been runners. Uh, and if, if the president of the United States can find time to run, we can all find time to run. So, uh, so don't, don't use time as an excuse. I've always said that if you don't find time to run and if time is your excuse, what you're saying is everything else I do is more important. And I, I think if you take a look at the time you might spend um, on Facebook or the time you might spend watching television or the time you might spend doing a lot of different things that you might find that, that uh, in, the, in the hierarchy of things that are important for your body, that may not be true. 
So, uh, Spider, thanks once again for joining us today and coming back for second week. That's uh, that's mighty kind and gracious of you to spend all this time with us. Thanks for having me. And and I hope you know maybe in the future there's another reason. Maybe there's uh, some particular interest in a particular subject, and maybe we dig even a little deeper into some things that that people might want to know. I just want to point out that uh, Spider has a, a brand new Instagram feed, and it is called two minutes to health and that's the number two two minutes to health the number two so um, check out that instagram feed and uh and he will uh share some things on there from time to time that will be helpful to you from a nutritional standpoint and to try to help you become a more healthy person because i know spider personally and uh, i know his heart and his heart is that he wants to see a healthier general person in the united states he just wants to see people be healthier and uh, that's a deep deep desire in his heart and so um, you'll be doing him a lot of good just by supporting what he's doing to try to uh, to try to help out once again if you're listening and you don't know about run club or haven't joined us in the past please join run club get all sorts of stuff through with run club um, it's dirt cheap to join and um, we, we just try to keep you motivated. And this is one of the ways that we do it is sharing information to help you be better educated, uh, to be a healthier person, not just in running, but in life in general. So we hope you've enjoyed this. Um, again, go out there, give us five-star reviews, give us feedback about the things you like and don't like. Um, like, subscribe, get notifications, do all of those things. Um, and may God bless every step of every run. Now. Go out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.